Sebastian Volney, and this is The Sustainable Fashion Wingman, the podcast exploring the brands, innovations, and careers, making fashion more environmentally and ethically friendly. Hope you're enjoying listening to the podcast and have subscribed. Why not invite your friends to follow along as well? There are a lot of episodes coming your way throughout the year. And if you'd like to connect to like-minded professionals in ethical fashion, why not connect with me over on LinkedIn? We're back again today with another episode in our Sustainability in Careers series. I'm pleased to have as our guest today, Harriet Gardner. Harriet is a sustainability coordinator for a renowned and well-loved luxury brand known for its efforts to continually put sustainability at the forefront of its practices. So how does someone become a sustainability coordinator and what does the role involve exactly? Well, let's find out. Hi, Harriet. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you as well. It's good to have you, obviously, um, as part of our Sustainability in Careers series today. Now, your actual role is a sustainability role, so it's going to be interesting to hear how your your role, how your work is contributing to the sustainable efforts of a business in the fashion industry. So just to start off with a bit of a background from you, what made you want to go into the fashion industry in the first place? So I think from quite a young age, I was always really interested in the fashion industry. Obviously, it's known for being quite glamorous. And I think I was really always taken in by that. I've like always been a reader of Vogue. I've been collecting them since about 2013, I think. So I always loved that kind of side of it. I was, was taken in by like films like Devil Wears Prada. Um, so definitely that kind of glamorous aspect, that fast paced aspect. And yeah, I was always sort of lover of shopping and clothes and following trends. So yeah, something that I always wanted to be a part of. Oh, I know the feeling. I used to collect the Vogue magazines as well, especially the kind of limited edition ones they always release now and again. You studied fashion management at, at university, I understand. What made you choose that course over, say, you know, the more popular ones like design, for example? So I know when I was at school, I got to the age where you start looking at what you wanted to study at university and things and found a couple of courses that were kind of fashion business, fashion management, and didn't really know that existed. Always thought it would be courses like fashion design. And I always used to say, oh, like, I'm not very creative. I didn't particularly enjoy topics like art at school because I didn't feel like I was very good at them. And like now looking back, actually, I'm quite creative. I think you kind of have to be to be working in the industry. But yeah, I always enjoyed subjects such as business. So it seemed like the right route to take, seeing as it was an industry I wanted to to focus on. So yeah, so there's a lot of different areas that you can go into in, in the fashion industry um, and creativity isn't always an obstacle to that as well. So that, that's always good to know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. When did you first realise the need for sustainability in the industry? So when I started university, I, like many people, wasn't at all aware the impact the industry was having, both from a kind of social and environmental perspective. As like answer to my first question, I was always like more interested in the glamour and the trend side of the industry. I think it got to the kind of my second year and they focused on it a bit on one of our modules and we were shown kind of a fast fashion documentary. And I remember just sitting there watching it thinking like, oh my God, this is a huge issue. I'm a part of it. The industry is a huge part of it and this needs to change. And then from then I kind of, yeah, just just read about it and learned about it and from then on, that was like what I wanted to focus on because I became so passionate about it. That's good to hear. So when you left university, was it your kind of objective to focus on finding a role that was directly involved in sustainability because of that? Yeah, it was a bit of a funny one because it's hard when 
you have an interest in something and you don't quite know if you can make a career out of it and particularly in fashion there's kind of those very generic roles that are like buying and merchandising that are really prevalent in the industry um and I think it was in my sort of final year I remember a role came up which was for sustainability coordinator which is not what I have now but I remember reading a job description and being like wow this is what I want to do um there are jobs out there that I can go into and yeah, I kind of then made that my goal that that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to be that person that was hoping to drive change in the industry. What was it about the job advert that made that really stood out to you? I think it was just the fact that there wasn't that many roles within sustainability, particularly in fashion. I think that was the first one that it just seemed brand new and it seemed really exciting. And also kind of all the tick points were that you would be helping the business to drive forwards from a sustainability perspective, which I think is great. And I think from then it was like the beginning of like, wow, brands are actually starting to recognise that they're part of the problem and they want to be part of the solution. Yeah, absolutely. And did you find that while you're at university then that there was much guidance about the different roles and boots into working in sustainable fashion? Or do you think there could be more of a direction from you know educational systems? So I think when I was at university, there was a lot focused on, like I say, those more traditional fashion roles. Like, for example, I did a module on buying and merchandising. I know like marketing pathway on my course did sort of study PR and fashion marketing. Um, but like I said, they were sort of aware that it was an issue and they started to touch upon that in different modules. So I think there was an awareness. But from contacts I've had with universities since, um, particularly like this year when I've worked with universities, they're really trying to incorporate it, whether that's like specific modules about fashion sustainability or basing assignments around sustainability I think it's definitely more prevalent now but I think that's because it's just growing substantially over recent years. Do you think there'll be a lot more roles involving in sustainability that are taught in the universities going forward? Yeah definitely. That's good to hear. Um, Now your first job was in merchandising after you left university so not necessarily sustainability. How did you find going from that to your current role as a sustainability coordinator? So yeah, so just for a bit of context. So um, when I graduated after doing fashion management, I then actually went to do a master's degree in environmental management, just to kind of broaden my knowledge around the subject of environmental and sort of sustainability topics. And I ended up graduating during COVID. So like many people was looking for a job where there wasn't actually that many jobs out there. Um, So I was kind of just applying to everything and anything at the time still trying to look for brands that kind of inspired me and like aligned with my own own kind of personal goals. So yeah, I ended up getting a role in merchandising. And I think like with any job, there's transferable skills. I always talk about how I was like a waitress at university and I take those kind of time management, team working skills into my job now. But merchandising in particular, my role, we were very kind of like very closely with the supply chain. And I think contacting them daily has helped me in my role now when I apply looking at to a supply chain from like an ethical and environmental perspective and also my role was very heavily working with the logistics team so I think that side of it helped from like a kind of carbon footprint perspective looking at you know shipping something by sea versus shipping that by air so I think there's different things that I took from that role and definitely transferred into my job now. So having a more active kind of participation within the whole production of, of, of fashion actually helped and was a transferable skill to help where you are now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like I say, communicating with the supply chain was key and that's definitely helped me with my job now. So do you feel like for other people within a fashion company and a business and a clothing and apparel business that they could, if they wanted to pivot into a kind of a more sustainable role, that's something you think people could do if they were saying buy-in or tech? 
Yeah, definitely. I think there's always transferable skills. And I think particularly with fashion, it's so different to other industries. I think having that like base knowledge of how a fashion company works is key when talking about sustainability, because the products always so different. And they've obviously got kind of a shorter lifespan than some other products that you might invest in. And I actually think from looking at other sustainability professionals, a lot of them have moved from another department in a company. I know a lot of people kind of move from product areas because they see firsthand the impact they're having and they're the ones that want to drive change, which I think is really nice. Yeah, that's great. And do you feel that uh, if, if someone was going to pivot, they would need to maybe pick up a short course or learn on the job? What would be the best way for them? I think I think short courses definitely help, particularly around subjects such as like carbon emissions and scope one, two and three data, things like that, if that's not your area of expertise. So I think definitely like try and read around subjects like that that you might not be as familiar with. Um, But I think a lot of it's also learn on the job. Definitely. I'm learning something new every day. So. Okay, that's brilliant. Now you sit within a sustainability role at the moment with a well-known luxury brand and you are a sustainability coordinator. Can you just tell us a, a bit more detail about what it means to be a sustainability coordinator in fashion? You know, what does your role actually involve? Yeah, so when people kind of ask me what my job actually means, it's really funny, I always kind of answer and I'm like, I don't actually know how to explain hmm. that because my role is so varied and I always say that no two days are the same. As I've just said, I'm learning something new every day and that's because we're always adapting and changing to different things. I think, yeah, we've got hands on lots of different areas. So for example, yeah, like that carbon data emissions and footprint, um, that kind of side of the business, working towards our net zero target, um, looking at materials and sourcing and the certifications and how we can sort of innovate in those areas. Um, Manufacturing, so I could say working with our supply chain, I'm constantly in touch with different people within our supply chain, whether that's tier one or tier two. And then kind of looking at how they're acting from an environmental perspective. So kind of wastewater chemical management um, and then also social side of the business so I work very closely with our charity partners and I also sit on the diversity and inclusion committee so um, helping to drive that kind of agenda as well and then also the circularity aspect so there's lots of different things that we as a department touch upon so yeah it's a very busy job and that's why I always say that no two days are the same. There's quite a lot of a lot going on there isn't there there's a lot of involvement across the whole supply chain and every step of the of the product because you mentioned obviously circularity as well which is the whole life cycle. Yeah. That's that's very interesting definitely. Could just for people who are listening and don't know can you just explain what tier one and tier two means? Yeah of course so sort of your supply chain goes from tier one to tier four so tier ones look at the people that are manufacturing your product tier two is kind of the people that make the materials to manufacture those products tier three is so for example you would have like your cotton so you could have it like spun into like a material there and then tier four would be like picking the cotton from the fields it would go right back to the farm level wow so every every area of the production line that's amazing so you're working in sustainability, so it's an ESG function within the business, as, as it's called now. Do you feel that sustainability, though, needs to be a company-wide activity? So if so, what to what extent and, and how do you collaborate with other departments across the business? Yeah, I think it definitely needs to be a company-wide activity. I think particularly as a lot of businesses have small sustainability teams, it definitely needs to be like driven from other areas. And I think where I work, I definitely feel like it's a company-wide effort, which is really nice. And everyone's kind of keen to be engaged and involved with that. Where I work, we have like an internal intranet and we're constantly communicating on there, what we're doing, um, if we want people to work with us on things. And it's really nice to, like I say, have that engagement 
whether that's in offices, in our retail stores, or like I say, with suppliers. So I definitely feel like it's a, a company-wide activity, definitely. So you help to train and educate the other departments as well on, on what's needed in, in, in the sustainability kind of strategy for the business? Yes, we always provide resources, particularly if we're like sort of talking about a new topic and things like net zero, which can be quite confusing sometimes, particularly if you haven't got that maybe science background. So it's kind of simplifying those terms and making it accessible for everyone. I do have you mentioned there about the science background. Do you have someone in the department as well who is much more kind of that way focused, like very data driven? Um, No, I would say it's kind of a level playing field. I've got I guess my background is more kind of fashion based and one of my colleagues um, he studied geography at uni, so I guess there's a slight difference, but so he might be better at, yeah, maybe some of the environmental mm-hmm. side, but it's nice to have, like me, maybe on the product knowledge in from there. Then, yeah, my boss has been for, I think, 13 years, so she's got those knowledge of the company and how they operate, which is really nice. Oh, brilliant. What do you think are the key areas that a business needs to focus on if they want to make a difference, if they want to, you know, have a, a more meaningful impact on their production practices? So I think talking about from a supply chain perspective, I think definitely looking back to that like tier one to tier four. So I think always start with your like material sourcing, looking at where you're sourcing from, who you're sourcing from, are there any certifications there? Because I think if you've got like a good material, that's always a good starting point. And then looking at production, I guess it's always like that kind of minimization of like energy use, water use and um, minimizing your waste. I know waste is such a huge thing within fashion production and we're always looking at ways at how we can reduce our impact there. And then kind of going to that circularity aspect again, it's not just then making the product and leaving it there. It's kind of how can we then work with the customer to extend the life of a product and things like repairs and exchange services are certainly growing within the fashion industry. Yeah, there's a lot of new kind of services coming up now that's allowing uh, consumers to send products back or to get them repaired as well. So that's it's good to see that happening. Now, sustainability is an ambiguous word these days. And, and, you know, when we talk about it, we always talk about quite a lot of different areas. Uh, So the word sustainability just kind of is a bit of an umbrella term to to link us into those different areas, in fact. But I think a lot of it has to do with the surge of greenwashing by many companies now as well. So, So people are getting a bit worried about the word sustainability. Do you think greenwashing is damaging to genuine efforts to be more responsible in the the apparel industry? Yeah, I think it certainly can be. I think there's a lot of mistrust from consumers nowadays, particularly because so many brands talk about sustainability and I think they struggle to know what's right and wrong. But I also think it's a good thing in the sense that it's actually driving a lot of change. Like, for example, CMA have recently introduced the Green Claims Code and that's going to force brands to kind of really look at what they're doing and how they're communicating with their customers and make those necessary changes. So I think, yeah, it can definitely damage what brands are talking about. But I also think it's driving changes to make sure they are talking about the right things in an honest and truthful way. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost one of those, it, it came, it, it started happening and then people realised because of the negative effects of it that we're now starting to get regulations around it. So it's being addressed. So I guess if it hadn't happened as much as it is, we wouldn't have, you know, the industry wouldn't have caught on and the legislation wouldn't have caught on. So it's kind of like a, a serendipitous kind of effect, I imagine. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on greenwashing? What do you think the best ways a company can avoid falling into the trap of it? Because sometimes it's, it's, it's almost not intentional, if you could say. Yeah, definitely. I don't think yeah, it's always intentional. I think the best kind of tone to have is that tone of sort of trying to be as honest as you can and that like, we're not perfect, but we're trying. And I think where you are doing things right, talk about those things in a really positive way, but perhaps also address the things that you could 
improve on and things that you are working on. I read an article yesterday and it had a really nice acronym for like how to avoid greenwashing, which is factual. So it was kind of use facts, um, like avoid talking about the wrong thing, like check what you're saying, be truthful, be user friendly, accountable and learn, which I just thought was really nice. I think what a lot of people kind of say is like if you're writing something and communicating that to your customers, but you're reading it and it doesn't make sense to you, then it's certainly not going to make sense to them. So I think that's a really kind of key tip to use for greenwashing. That's quite interesting, the factual um, acronym. I like that. That's really handy to use. So we're talking about previously uh, about getting into sustainability roles within fashion. And obviously this is about careers, this, this episode as well. Are there any advice you would give to you know students at the moment or anyone else who's looking to pivot, what they could do or how they could get into sustainability? Yeah, so I get kind of messages quite a lot from students being like, oh, how did you get into a role and people work in industry that might want to kind of change career pathways. I think definitely as I've kind of touched on before, like really read around the subject. Um, a big one that I always try and do is read sustainability reports from brands, particularly the ones that you resonate with and that you like and you believe in their product, um, because you gauge an understanding of what they're doing, of what the role entails. And I think, like I said, reading around that kind of carbon science side of sustainability as well and looking at net zero and what that means and scope one, two and three emissions. There's a great website called FutureLearn and they offer free and paid courses and they I think anywhere from like four weeks to longer and I actually did one when I was at university I think the one I picked was kind of luxury fashion and sustainability and they're just really beneficial on like improving your knowledge Um, so I would always say like read and learn and think that's one of the best ways to get into it and also if you're working for a company currently reach out to your sustainability team and be enthusiastic and engage with them because I think it makes an impression and it shows you're interested and then I think from what I found in my company, we're always keen to share what we're doing with our teams. So That's great advice. Oh, that's very good. Uh, do you find the environmental side or the statistical side of the, of the knowledge that you need in sustainability, do you find that's hard to come by? Uh, no, I would say not. Like the company I work for, a lot of the carbon things we work with are consultancy. So sometimes it's not always you doing it yourself. You quite often have like help, which I think is really beneficial especially when it's something like really important like carbon, you you sometimes need that external support. And yeah, like I say, I'm not from a science background. My background is inherently fashion, but it's not anything I think too taxing that you wouldn't be able to understand if you read about it and learned about the subject. That's great. So that's nice to hear because sometimes I imagine some people might worry that they don't have a, a science background or an environmental or, you know background. Um, so it's good to know that that's not always necessary to actually move into a sustainable field within fashion. As a sustainability coordinator, what is the kind of potential of your career path? Where where can you take it? I don't know. I think because sort of fashion sustainability in particular, it's like growing and moving so much and it's changing so quickly. And I think it's one of those things, there's always like new roles cropping up. And so yeah, I'm not too sure, to be honest, where I see my career moving. I think, I think as things changing so rapidly, it's hard to see where I would be. But yeah, hopefully continuing be within this realm and hopefully drive brand change or drive sector change and that's certainly what I'd like to see myself continuing to do and have that kind of good impact hopefully. Well that's good to hear Um, and I know as a a recruiter myself I see a lot of roles out there are growing we're seeing every day there's more sustainability roles which is fantastic covering all areas from material sourcing to uh, ESG head of ESG or you know sustainability director in businesses so it's quite a strong path to get into as sustainable careers go. 
so there's always opportunities and like you say that it's one of those areas that is constantly evolving like the industry itself in fact so yeah. there's always different pathways that you can move into and, and ways to take your career to its full potential watch out harriet may be coming for your job <laughs> well harriet it has been an absolutely informative conversation uh, very valuable some great advice there for people who are looking to try and move into that sustainability area within within fashion i'm sure they're going to find that very helpful to hear all the advice that you've given today and of course i wish you all the best in your career progression and we shall watch this space oh, thank you thank you for having me you're welcome thank you very much and for the listeners again thank you this has been the sustainable fashion wingman podcast and i'm sebastian help you dress live and work more sustainably Thank you.